You know by now that the dogs in my house wear Paco collars, and the newest addition is Stig's tan leather collar with brass fittings and turquoise stones. It seriously looks like the bay we bought our house on, and his smooth coat and long neck show it off perfectly. We picked it out in person at Paco's booth, and the staff helped us to be sure we got the exact fit and style that was right for him. I catch myself mesmerized by this collar when I walk him. How crazy is that? So get over to PacoCollars.com and grab a collar you'll be obsessed with. And don't forget to use the promo code COGDOG for free shipping. We've got a puppy. Puppy Elementary is my puppy training subscription service, and it's all about our new puppy, Watson. It's just $45 for six months of Watson's development and education, and you'll have indefinite access to the materials, so sign up anytime. Just go to www.thecognitivecanine.com and click the Puppy Elementary tab at the top of the page to register. Each week, you'll have access to multiple training videos and blogs, as well as constant access to the Puppy Elementary Facebook group, where you can talk about your progress with other students. Watson won't stay little for long, so join now. You all know how excited I am about Worked Up Camp, and I hope you're excited too. Working spots are full, but... We've still got plenty of room for auditors. The camp is in Port Orchard, Washington, and it is September 28th through September 30th. It's going to be a ton of fun, lots of learning, really great community, and I can't wait. So hop over on the both the Cog Dog Radio and the Cognitive Canine Facebook pages have information on camp, and you can always join the camp event page. Just search for Worked Up Camp, and you'll find it, and you can get all the details there as well. So I hope to see you at camp. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. So sport people and breeders of sport dogs, maybe even breeders of versatile dogs alike, all talk about this thing they call the off switch. They talk about dogs that have an off switch. They talk about dogs that don't have an off switch. And I just want to break that down, talk about what the heck that actually means, um, because it's been a little bit of a, just kind of a pet peeve of mine for a little while, this phrase off switch, because you know, just a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I don't really like anything that makes the dog seem like a piece of machinery. Uh, I don't like anything that makes the dog seem like if you just plug in the right formula, you'll get the right results because none of that is real. And so maybe that's why I hate the phrase off switch, but let's get down to it and see, you know, what are we really talking about? So I think what people mean is that it means the dogs are able to be relaxed when they're not working. So essentially, the dog is on, you have switched the dog on, they are working, and they are high drive and wonderful. And then when they are not working, you can switch them off, um, or they switch themselves off, or whatever it is. Um, 
and they don't require constant entertainment. So it seems to me that when we talk about dogs that have an off switch, we're just talking about dogs that don't need to be constantly occupied. We're talking about dogs that can relax when they're not working. And that does sound like a great thing. So why am I still bothered by this phrase? Um, I think it's because we're saying that these dogs are high drive and powerful in their work and they're lazy and laid back at home. So we're talking about dogs that have kind of a binary temperament, dogs that are, you know, crazed over here, super pushy, drivey, whatever over here, and then a lump on a log over here. And I'm going to ask, all right, then what constitutes work? Because if we go to, let's say, a working cattle ranch and we look at the border collies that are there working, and this is something I've done and seen, um, those are going to be dogs that I think are classically referred to as dogs having an off switch because when they're working, they're doing a great job. And when they're not, they're not getting in the trash, they're not chewing stuff up, they're not getting into fights with each other they're by all means, they're off, quote unquote off. Um, And I think that's where this kind of comes from is we don't want dogs that, you know, do their work and then need more entertainment. But I don't think that's a problem for these ranchers per se. I think that those dogs go and they do their work and then they don't need any training to be relaxed at home. Um... Or maybe they just seem to automatically be relaxed when there's no work to be done. And I envy those dogs because (laughs) there is always work to be done. It's very hard for me to relax ever knowing that fact. I always joke that I love Border Collies because I am one um, for better or for worse. And so I think that first of all, these dogs saying that these dogs don't require any teaching or training to be relaxed at home. Um, or when they're off duty is, first of all, not true if we define training as um, learning through consequences. Most of the stock people I know have no problem giving the dog a verbal or maybe a collar correction if they're being crazy. And um, border collies tend to be very responsive to that kind of thing. They tend to be what we call soft, which that's for another podcast, another label I don't care for. (laughs) Um, But That's training, whether you like it or not. Um, So no, they didn't go through Karen Overall's relaxation protocol with these dogs, but they may have collar popped them a couple of times for being obnoxious. And that is training. I'm not going to say it's great training, but it is. So what I'm going to argue is that these dogs that fit this description of having an off switch are actually dogs whose needs have been effectively met. Um, and that is obviously what I talk about all the time, but I think when we say off switch, we're just talking about dogs whose needs are maybe easier for us to meet than other dogs. And when we think of a border collie that works stock all day and then comes back to the farm and is able to relax at the rancher's feet or on the porch... That dog's needs have been met. His working needs, his exercise needs, that dog has done what he is designed to do all day long. And of course he can relax after that. And I think then what we do is we take that same dog and we put them in an urban environment and we take them to agility class one night a week and we take them to agility trials on the weekend. And we maybe train here and there in between, but they don't get real exercise and they eat kibble out of a bowl. And yeah, then we complain they don't have an off switch. 
And that's just annoying to me because it implies that the dog had, that there's something wrong with the dog, that there's some, you know, genetic problem here that if we are going to breed this dog we need to breed it to a dog with an with an off switch because my god we need all these dogs to have off switches and so i'm gonna look at my six dogs i because i've never truly thought about whether any of them have an off switch before and i want to think about this right now um i would say that brink he's 12 he's a border collie and he is probably the closest to having what we call an off switch, which is that when he's at home, he's probably asleep. But he's also 12 years old, and I didn't know him as a puppy, and maybe he wasn't like that then. So I think that's a bad example. So let's go down the line in age. We've got Iggy next. She's nine. Um, Iggy probably is that dog that people are talking about when they talk about an off switch. Um... Because she is pretty chill around the house. However, if her needs are not met, if she experiences anxiety, she will engage in destructive behaviors, destructive patterns. She'll get in the trash. Um, she might vocalize. She is wonderful, literally lays in my office all day long while I'm working and does not bother me or ask me for anything. But if her anxiety spikes for some reason, maybe there's fireworks, maybe there's thunderstorms, maybe um, I've had to leave her too often, she's a recovered uh, separation anxiety case, then I'm going to start to see those kind of anti-off switch behaviors, those behaviors that people don't want um, in a working breed. And so I'm going to say that her baseline temperament is actually what they're after, but I still recognize that there are things that can set it off and there are things that can make her unable to relax in her downtime. So that's important to recognize, too. Moving down, we've got Stig. He's a seven-year-old Border Collie. Um, he is pretty delightful around the house. And he's also pretty delightful just ringside in agility. It's easy for him to wait. He's a very relaxed dog. And then he turns on and is really high drive in the ring. So... He's probably what they're talking about when they're talking about a good off switch because he just kind of understands where to allocate his funds. He says, you know, I've only got so much energy to spend in a day and I'm going to spend it working. I'm not going to spend it barking at the neck at the dog ahead of me that's running. Um, but also I'm going to attribute that to his training again. What is genetics and what is training? And I'm going to say everything is both. So he is a working border collie working sheepdog from a cattle ranch um he has zero sport dogs in his line he is literally the only sport dog to ever come out of that ranch that anybody's aware of and his human leslie you know she doesn't she doesn't overtrain in fact i think a lot of people would think she undertrains so what is this? You know, why is he so chill and so able to be chill um, when maybe some of the other dogs are not? I think he's just being straight off the ranch. He's got those qualities where he can recognize this is a task that deserves my energy and this is a task that does not. And this makes me think of these lions laying out in the African Sahara. Go with me here. I hopefully you'll understand this metaphor. They hunt to eat, right? They have to hunt to survive, and that's very expensive energy-wise. 
But most of the time, they're sleeping. Most of the time, they're laying out in the sun. And I think of a good working dog like that. They understand what takes their energy, what requires energy of them, and they understand what doesn't. And that's why they then have this thing everybody calls the off switch. Um, They're not turning off or on. They're on all the time. They're ready to go all the time. They're just... Maybe they're just being that lion on the Sahara saying there's nothing to hunt and kill right now. Or we just ate yesterday. Um, And so I'm going to use, you know, that would be evolutionarily speaking smart of a dog to have this natural quality that we're referring to as the off switch. My guess would be that, you know, when you observe street dogs that are living off trash, they're spending their energy scavenging, scavenging or mating. And otherwise, they're sleeping. Um, so why do we have dogs that don't have this anymore? And going back to my my own dogs, I've got Ghost, who's an Australian Shepherd, and she's five. And she's pretty go, go, go. I mean, she pretty much doesn't quit. I don't see this dog just lying around during the day. That's not something she does. She's chewing, or she's on patrol, or she's running in the backyard. I mean, she's pretty go, go, go. So I think she would be what people would call not having an off switch. And yet, she brings a different level of energy to the table when it's time to work. She's not flatline. She's not one level of energy all the time. She's not hyper during the day. She's just busy. And then when she goes to work, she's more than busy. She's focused and pushy and great. Um, So just a different thing there. And maybe that's a difference in breed. Most of the Aussies that I know are a little bit more like that than my Border Collies. Um... And then we've got Felix, three years old. He needs a lot. He has high needs. (laughs) He has high exercise needs. He has high training needs. Um, He needs his brain and his body worked every day. And if he has both those things, he's very, very capable of laying in my office while I work and being a perfect gentleman. If he hasn't had those things, he's still a perfect gentleman, but he vocalizes at me a lot. He sings me songs about how a sad little border collie was abandoned and um, never got trained again. And so that's, you know, that's him. And he's, um, and I'm not even going to comment on Watson because he's six months old and I feel like we just don't even know anything about him yet. He's, he's pretty go, go, go. Um, But I think most six months old, six month old puppies are. So Interestingly enough, Felix has more sport dogs in his lineage. He's kind of half sport, half herding um, in his lines. And versus like Iggy and Stig, who I think have that thing that people are after, that ability that the lion has to say, I'm going to allocate my energy towards this because it's important and not towards that. Um, You know, Iggy and Stig, who are 100% stock bred, have that in spades. And then... Felix doesn't. And this is not, I'm not criticizing Felix. I'm not even criticizing his breeder, who I think did a wonderful job. And I think Felix is a fantastic dog. But he is different from the other two uh, Border Collies that I'm comparing him to right now. He has less of that ability to say, I'm going to use my energy here and not there. And As sport trainers, I think a lot of the time we like a dog like that because we want a dog that comes out of the crate and says, I don't actually care what the task is. I'm here to give it 110%. Versus the dog that's going to allocate his resources a little smarter needs a little bit more convincing. And a sight hound, 
really is the perfect example to me here. A sighthound very much comes to mind. If you talk about sighthounds as having an off switch, the sighthound people will laugh at you. <laughs> they say, what do you mean it has an off? It doesn't have an on switch. It's on the couch all day. Um, I have to work hard to convince my sighthound to do obedience or agility. Um, the only time that the sighthound's switch flips on is when they're coursing or hunting. Because the sighthound truly is that lion on the plains. The sighthound truly is still a real hunter and knows that their energy should be spent on real work. And for them to decide that obedience or agility is real work is hard to convince them of. And so I think that when we breed sport dogs, we look for this the opposite of that off-switch quality a lot of the time because we want a dog that comes out of the crate ready to go, ready to do whatever it is. So I think, you know, all of this is just meant to say that off switch, and I'm putting that in quotations, is a construct that we need to define if we're going to be using that term. And it's a construct that may or may not apply to the dogs that we're talking about. And it's really important for us to, when we're talking to a breeder and they say their dogs have an off switch, or we're talking to a breeder and we ask for dogs with an off switch, it's important for us to Break that down and define it and know exactly what qualities we are actually looking for because otherwise maybe we get the flattest puppy of the litter because we asked for an off switch and that's not what we wanted. Or, you know, maybe we get a dog um, who's a little harder to motivate overall because we asked for the off switch, you know, or maybe, maybe we get that perfect balance. I think it's just, it's kind of like the word drive. We need to know what we're talking about before we ask for it. And that will help us all better. So I'm sure you guys have stuff to weigh in on this. Do that over on the Cog Dog Radio Facebook page, and I will see you there. Thanks for listening to Cog Dog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to cogdogradio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the Cog Dog Radio Facebook page, and until next time, happy training!